Welcome to the Gonzo.moe Newsbroom Anime Podcast. I'm now living in the world of 4K. Do I have any 4K movies? Technically, but there aren't a whole lot of anime releases. So I don't know what I was thinking when I bought this player, because all I do is fall asleep to anime. And now I can fall asleep to the handful of anime at a resolution I could only dream of prior to this. It is uh, really short-sighted of me to buy this. I tried to buy it on Amazon, and they refused to deliver it. I should have taken that as a cue. I went to the Best Buy the other day, and I stared at this thing for 10 minutes until someone came up to me, and it was like, what are you doing? To which I replied, I don't know. I'm trying to buy this, and I cannot figure out why it costs so much goddamn money. It really was perplexing. I was looking at a Panasonic and a Sony 4K Blu-ray player, the Panasonic one was $100 cheaper than the Sony one, and it was the one that I tried to buy on Amazon, mostly because the model number was 420, but also because it was highly rated. And the Sony one, it had a list of everything that it did that was awesome, and the only thing that was different that wasn't listed on the Panasonic one is they said, we've got a better shell. Like, it's built in a better case. And I'm sitting here like... That probably does not impact the video quality, but here we are. I bought this thing to watch anime, as I said, and there's maybe five 4K anime releases. One of them sucks, apparently. The Akira 4K Blu-ray is allegedly not actually in 4K, I think. I don't understand all of these words. It's SDR instead of HDR. And uh, I don't think anime is made in 4K to begin with, so really I just spent a bunch of money for no reason. But, you know, it's either that or it goes to booze and porn, so I guess I'm doing a good deed. Uh, if you're still listening to this podcast after that nonsense, you should probably subscribe. It's on Google, it's on iTunes, it's on Spotify. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, gonzo.moe. You can email me. No one does that. Gonzo.moe at gmail.com. So anyway, let's talk about the news. Where are the demons? Bring on the pain! It's a goddamn manga polopolis. That's probably a word. There's a lot of manga that's either starting or stopping. So hop aboard this Mugen train and we're going to talk all about it. But first, let's talk about anime, because that seems to be the order in which I have these stories organized. You remember Key? Key animation? No, Key, they made video games, probably. Visual novels? I don't know. They're also responsible for a war between fans over whether Moe was good or bad. That was like 15 or 20 years ago, so I don't care anymore. My comrades all died in the Moe War, but I'm here to tell you that there's going to be a key crossover anime. It's going to be Chibi, which I guess... Uh, For fuck's sake. It's going to be in the Chibi art style, and it will feature characters from Canon, Air, Clonade, Little Busters, and Rewrite, which I remember getting into an argument with my friend Ryan over whether it was good. I said that it wasn't. He said that it was. Guess which one of us actually watched the show? Spoilers, it was me. Speaking of anime from the early 2000s, 
That's a weird way to say that word. Speaking of anime from the early 2000s, Nana is streaming on High Dive. It got added to the service on April 22nd. Sentai Filmworks announced maybe it was a month, maybe two months ago that they got the rights to this show, and they're going to be doing a high-definition home video release. But if you would like to watch it in the meantime, you have a digital option. And if that's not enough nostalgia for the early 2000s, let's talk about Reborn. Crunchyroll, very specifically expanding the territories that can now stream Reborn. The updated list is Americas, Australia, New Zealand, the Middle East, North Africa, and very specifically non-French-speaking Europe. I could only imagine the wording for that part on the contract. All right, now let's talk about a manga that I'm struggling to pronounce. Himenospia. <laughs> Himenospia? I don't know. It's from the person that made Killing Bites, Shinya Murata. And it is ending. Originally, when I tagged this, I thought it said that Killing Bites was ending. I must have blurred out the title of the manga that it's actually about because I knew I would struggle to say it. Anyway, the description of this manga is out of this world. It's about a high school girl who's bullied and treated like a slave at school and abused by her mother at home. And then one day she's bitten by an insect that changes her life. Killing Bites, I will tell you, I've only watched the first two episodes, but that's a manga, an anime, I'll have you know. That's an anime that is so outlandish that I thought I was hallucinating it. I was certain that I was asleep as I was watching this thing. One day I'll do an entire episode, but essentially the, this, the mangaka Shinya Murata did a bunch of work on Pokemon and must have lost their goddamn mind because Killing Bites is like about a woman that turns into a honey badger and has death matches against other animal people. It's very, very strange. Our next piece of news is unfortunately a sad one. The producer of Voltron and the founder of World Events Productions, Ted Kobler, passed away. Uh, he passed away on April 4th at the age of 77. I have not personally seen Voltron, but I understand that it's a very important part of anime history. And if a show like that came out now and received the hack job that things like Voltron and Robotech received, it would not go so smoothly. The internet would set it on fire. However, I think it's still important to look back at things like that and acknowledge that they helped get us to where we are today. 77's not a bad run. I'll be happy if I get that far. Um, but uh, it is still sad. Sad news to hear and uh, he will be missed. Speaking of looking back at a legacy, Sony has reversed its decision to discontinue the PlayStation Store for the PS3 and the PS Vita. I know this isn't anime news. It's kind of tangential because there are anime games and JRPGs on the PSN. They had originally announced that they were going to be shutting down these services uh, this summer. The PS Vita was going to shut down July 2nd. The PS3 service was going to shut down August 27th. Not sure why they were two months apart, but uh, people weren't happy about this because there's a lot of games that can only be purchased digitally. So, you know, many of these titles for the systems did not get physical releases. And so shutting down the service would effectively be erasing video game history. You know, unless they re-release them on the newer systems, which for a lot of these independent publishers might not always make financial sense. So, you know, this is a great example of bullying a corporation working out in our favor. 
it's yet to be determined how long, uh, how much longer these services will be available. But in the meantime, if you still have a PS3 or a PS Vita, hope is not lost yet. Hope is also not lost for fans of Yuwatase's Arata the Legend. The manga went on hiatus back in 2015 and will be returning with new chapters this July. Hope, however, may be lost for the characters in whatever manga Kentaro Sato is working on. The creator of Magical Girl Sight and Magical Girl Apocalypse is working on something, but we don't know what it is. I'm sure it will be nihilistic, gory, and probably uncomfortable to read. So maybe look forward to that, or maybe set your computer on fire so you don't accidentally read it. Does anybody remember Nighthead Genesis? I never watched the whole thing. But it's apparently getting a new anime. I didn't know about this. That's not the announcements. The announcement is that it's also getting a novel, a manga, and a stage play. Nighthead Genesis is one of the earlier fan subs I downloaded. This was back when I still had dial-up internet. And if a fan sub wasn't released in like a 50 megabyte file, I wasn't watching it. And I found this website somehow that had three shows in this very format. It was Fate Stay Night, Samurai Champloo, and Nighthead Genesis. And the only thing I remember about this show is that it, it had something to do with psychics or like psychic battles. And our two psychic characters were in a bar as somebody at the bar was screaming, psychics are all fake. They sure are dumb. I bet those don't exist. And the two psychic guys are like, you want to say that to my face? I don't remember what happens after that, but I've, I've always remembered that moment of just really bad anime writing. I don't know what veil I had over my face before that, because I know I watched bad anime, but this was the first time I was like, wow, this writing is really egregious. Nobody talks like this. And uh, I've, I kind of want to go back to see if the whole show is like that, but... You know, I can't even get through the shows that I want. I tried to watch the My Hero Academia movie, the first one last night, and I fell asleep 10 minutes in. So I don't think I'm going to survive a show I don't want to watch. Something that I do want to watch is more Dr. Stone, and you should too. And if you haven't seen it yet and watched Toonami, you're going to get an opportunity starting on May 15th. I know that we just went through their schedule in, I think it was the last episode or the episode before, but we're doing it again. The updated Toonami schedule on May 15th will be Dragon Ball Super at midnight, My Hero Academia at 12.30, Dr. Stone at 1 a.m., Food Wars at 1.30, The Promised Neverland at 2 a.m., Black Clover at 2.30 a.m., Naruto Shippoden at 3 a.m., and Attack on Titan at 3.30 a.m. These times are all in Eastern. If you're lucky, you live in California and you don't have to stay up until midnight to watch Toonami. Well, what is it? It probably starts at 9 o'clock for you bastards. All right, so this next one's going to be a doozy. I intentionally did not watch this video because I wanted to record my first impressions. <laughs> so this is the first Gonzo.moe newsbroom reaction Chef Lou Boo, uh, it's a Twitter personality. It's like he's a chef in Atlanta. I think he paid Gilbert Godfrey $150 to read the One Piece rap. And uh, we're going to listen to that now. So here we go. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is from Chef Lou Boo. And it's called One Piece Rap. 
Jesus. Yo, ya, yo, ya, yo. Dreamin' don't give it up, Luffy. Dreamin' don't give it up, Zolo. Dreamin' don't give it up, Nami. Dreamin' don't give it, give it up. Give it up, give it up, give it up. No. Here's how the story goes. We find out about a treasure in the Grand Line. There's no doubt the pirate whose eye on it, he'll sing, I'll be king and I'll be pirate king. <laughs> yeah, yo, yeah, yo, yeah, yo, ho, oh ho. His name is Luffy. That's Monkey D. Luffy. Ah, gonna be king of the pirates. He made a rub. It's Carfemio. Ah, how did this happen? Yo, 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 he took a bite of gum gum. Yeah, yo, yeah, yo. His name's Zolo. He's like a samurai. A lady, Nami's not shy. You subs doing the market man thing. Sagey's cook. Chopper's docketing, yeah, yo, yeah, yo, oh my yeah, God. yo. Set sail for One Piece. It's the name of the treasure in the Grand Line. Yeah, yo, yeah, yo. Set sail, One Piece. Very nice. I'm not sure if Gilbert Godfrey has any familiarity with One Piece. I kind of hope that he doesn't, because that would have made that experience that more surreal for him. I have to assume that if it hasn't been done already, somebody is working on timing this to the actual music. Let's check YouTube. And it's the first result. Let's take a listen to this version. Yo! Yeah, yo, yeah, yo! Dreamin', don't give it up, Luffy! Dreamin'! impressive i can't say that i would know how to do that uh if you want to find that video on your own uh, it's kaiser neko i'm not familiar with this youtuber so hopefully they're not some lunatic but if you want to find that for yourself it was like the first result that showed up when i looked it up on youtube if that wasn't weird enough for you this next story should do it there was an anime called machine to heart it was a short that was going to air as part of some variety program in the spring. And it got canceled because the production was caught making actors like cover the cost of the animation by buying DVDs. And not just like a couple DVDs, like almost $2,000 worth of DVDs. And I don't fully understand this because it sounds like the show didn't come out. So I don't know how they were buying DVDs. To begin with, they must have been pre-ordering 
them and that was somehow paying to have the show made. Either way, it's super shady and uh, they got in trouble for this. This reminds me of, I don't know how many listeners have played in bands before, but there's some venues, I'm not sure if this happens everywhere, but it was it happened in Minnesota in a couple places. There's some venues that will make the bands buy a bunch of tickets and then resell them themselves. And so it makes it so the venue isn't taking a risk by booking a band. And it's really fucked up. It reminds me also of when anime will kickstart something and one of the Kickstarter contributor uh, perks is like you get to be in the anime, but you have to fly yourself to the studio for the honor to do this. Uh, Funimation did this for their Escaflone release where it was something absurd, like the $2,000 or like $5,000 tier got you like a background role in the anime and not surprisingly that tier sold. Uh, so don't do that. If you're, if you're trying to make it as an actor or as a musician or really anything, do not pay for the privilege of doing your job. It is always a scam. Don't do it. Next is an update to a story that I believe was covered last week. It is in regards to Macross distribution. So Big West has announced that it is in charge of global distribution for Macross work made after 1987. They've also streamed, started streaming a OVA called Flashback 2012. It might already be done streaming. It says it will stream for a limited time. This is one of the things that I was talking about when I said not to get excited about a Do You Remember Love Blu-ray until you see a right stuff listing. Uh, it's saying that Big West is going to start distributing Macross that was made after 1987. Do You Remember Love came out in 1984. It doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Uh, it just means that it's not going to be as simple as, as many people are hoping. It is worth noting, however, that the only Macross series from before 1987 are the original and Do You Remember Love? So that would put everything else in the series on the table. Next is a piece of news that I'm not really sure how to speculate on. Warner Media is starting to consolidate its animation department. Uh, Adult Swim and HBO Max, their adult animation teams have been merged, and they've appointed a woman named Susanna Makos, I think, as their programming head. I don't know what any of this means. It could just mean that a new person is in charge. It could mean that they're trimming the fat. It could mean that they're making more stuff. We don't really know until it happens. Something that I didn't realize However, and I probably should have been able to put the pieces together in my head, is that Adult Swim and Crunchyroll are owned by the same company, at least currently, until the sale with Sony goes through. Next, we have a shotgun full of manga announcements. Gonagai is working on a new chapter for Tezuka's Barbara manga. What's interesting, though, about this story is on Anime News Network, they buried the lead because deep in the story, it says that Gonagai is also working on a new manga. It's coming out in May. I don't know what it's about, but it's going to be in a business magazine. That tells me it's probably not going to revolve around robots or people eating each other. But uh, I'm surprised to find out that Gonagai is still active. 
something that will not be active for much longer. The high-rise invasion manga is ending, or might already be done. This is a confusing article, because it came out today. Today is April 25th, but according to the article, the manga ended March 30th. So I, it, either, it either took somebody a month to notice, or I am misreading something. And finally, our last piece of manga news. Natsume Ono is working on a new manga called Us Falling in Love Is. It is coming out in June in Kiss Magazine. With the death of manga news brings to life anime movie news. Do you remember Madoka Magica? Madoka Magica? I don't know how you say that show. There's going to be another movie. There were three movies, I believe, back in uh, 2010 era. So the first two, I believe, were compilations of the show. And then the third film was going to be new content. And I never watched those because I thought it was ludicrous that we were getting compilation films for a 12-episode show. Because it only takes what, like three hours to watch a 12-episode show and to make two movies uh, that are retelling the story? It sounds like you could just watch the show again. I know I could have watched the third movie, but I just, I, I didn't do it. And so this is going to be a sequel to that third film, whatever the alternate ending was. An anime movie that I did watch, twice in fact, is the Demon Slayer movie. That is doing surprisingly well in the U.S. box office. I need to eat my hat. I don't know how much $9.5 million is in relation to a non-anime film, but apparently it did better than Mortal Kombat's opening weekend, despite screening at half as many theaters. And this is just based on Friday. It also says that it's trending to do better than Dragon Ball Super Broly, uh, during its first three days where it made $9.8 million. While I still have some problems with the writing in Demon Slayer, I will say that watching it a second time, this time on the big screen, my opinion of it is a lot more positive. I won't be talking about the plot, obviously, because it's only been in theaters for a couple of days, but I will say that my theater experience was a lot better than I was expecting. There was almost no one in the theater Obviously, this is going to be different based on where you go. But at least at the theater that I was at, everybody was spaced pretty far apart from one another. Now, I'm not going to start going to movies every weekend, but I will say that if you wanted to see this film, but you were nervous about going to the theater, but you still ride the bus, go to the grocery store, and go to work every day, this is honestly probably safer than all three of those things. So obviously, make whatever choice you're the most comfortable with. Uh, but I, I definitely felt safer in the theater than I, than I do when I ride the train. <laughs> and our last piece of news before I get into a small rant about some Twitter nonsense. Sentai Filmworks has announced that they have digital rights to My Little Monster. Do you remember this show? I watched the first episode when it came out in, I think, 2012, 2013. And it had a really weird line in the first episode that rubbed me the wrong way. And it rubbed some others in the wrong way. So it's a romantic comedy. And the guy character at one point sneaks up on his love interest and, as a joke, threatens to rape her. Not a very funny joke. And understandably so, caused a bit of a controversy. Outside of that moment, I assume the show did well. Uh, because the director continued to get hired as a director and went on to do one of my favorite shows of last year, The Great Pretender. 
And unless I'm misremembering, this was their directorial debut. So at an unspecified date, you can watch a show with a really terrible joke about sexual assault. I'm sure it will find itself at home next to shows like Redo of Healer and Doreku, which literally translates to Slave District, 23 Slaves and Me. So to wrap up the news broom this week, I want to break from the usual format and talk about some ranty stuff. First up is the Do Not Work notice that was put out for Dragon Quest Legend of Die. I didn't know this was a show, but apparently Ocean Media attempted to hire a union voice actor and they could not come to an agreement on a contract and so SAG-AFTRA said to its union members, fuck this production. And it was confusing some people on Twitter. They thought that the wording was vague because it said that they refused to execute a basic minimum agreement and that working on it was in violation of global rule one. And so they thought that something crazy was happening behind the scenes. And it's like, maybe, but this is also just union talk. It's just saying that they didn't want to pay union rates and that if union workers decide to work on it anyway, then they're breaking the rules, which means they could be fined or kicked out of the union. It's unusual because there's not a lot of union dubs, and this brings us to the real rant that I want to talk about, and that is the redub of Grappler Baki that Sentai Filmworks did. And the problem isn't necessarily that it got redubbed, it's more the reason why it was redubbed. The narrative surrounding this is that Netflix is being greedy and... They didn't want to give Sentai their dub or they were charging too much money for it and boo, fuck Netflix. And the thing that people need to realize is that the Grappler Baki dub was a union dub, which means that they paid union wages. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that the actors were getting, you know, hundreds of thousands and thousands of dollars. It doesn't mean that they were good at getting a good rate. There are, there's some pretty crummy union contracts in my side of the industry there's something called the tier contract and the tier contract is for a film that has a budget of i think it's less than 15 million dollars the amount changes over the years they adjust it for inflation and so there's three tiers there's tier one tier two and tier three you probably could have guessed when i said three there's also something called a tier zero which isn't the official word for that but it's it's like a slang word for a ultra low budget union contract and so sag has a similar series of contracts now i i'm not privy to those i i haven't read them but i know that it can be anywhere from 125 dollars for the day to you know look at what like brad pitt makes millions of dollars now that's more up to negotiation by his agent but just to show a range of what a union actor can make it's all over the board so the TLDR of this is that just because Grappler Baki was a union dub does not mean that these actors were making a lot of money. It means that they were getting things paid into their pension. It means that they were having things paid into their health care. But it also means residuals. And I think that that's the real reason why Sentai Filmworks did not want to license the Grappler Baki dub. And so what that means is that even if it cost them more money to redub Grappler Baki with their own actors, which I doubt it did, because they don't pay their actors like anything over there, over time it would have made them more money because they're not paying out residuals to all the union actors. And that's fucking ridiculous. And I'm tired of people 
giving Netflix a bunch of shit for this. And Netflix is not a perfect company. I'm fine with people shitting on Netflix, but I, I want it to be for the right reasons. I, they're, they're one of the only companies that's, that are doing union dubs, which is the way that it should be. And this narrative that they're being greedy is ridiculous. These companies like Funimation and Crunchyroll and Sentai Filmworks are making a shitload of money, and the people that are working on the anime don't see any of it and it's ridiculous but what's ridiculous on top of even that is that sentai filmworks had the opportunity to right the wrong and redo this dub with the original voice actors from the 2003 series and they did not do it my other rant is about an article that was on vice i know i did not read this article it's about attack on titan i don't care about Attack on Titan. What I care about is the quote that was getting spread all over Twitter so people could dunk on this poor writer and people were saying that she didn't do enough research and she's just doing clickbait and this and that. The quote in question was shared by Zach Davison, though he was not the only person to do so. The quote is, When Attack on Titan's anime adaptation came out in the summer of 2012, it was at the beginning of a shift in culture for anime. Prior to that moment, anime wasn't very accessible other than to people well-versed in internet piracy. The article also mentions expensive DVDs as an option. And so everybody seemed to attack this woman saying things like, oh, well, you know, what about Toonami? And, like, DVDs were at Best Buy, and think about the Pokemon movie. It did really well, and what, she's a moron, and this and that. And it's like, I think people are forgetting some critical anime history. So, yes, in the early 2000s, anime was having a boom period. Anime was on every single day on Adult Swim, you could go to Walmart and buy Naruto manga. You know, Pokemon, the movie, was one of the best sellers at the time. But then something happened in 2008. The economy crashed, and also separate to that, the anime industry started to implode because nobody knew what the fuck they were doing. They were things like Bandai that was licensing things from itself. We had companies like Funimation and ADV and Genion bidding each other into oblivion to the point where they couldn't pay their bills. You know, they were... Listen to some of these old Anime News Network podcasts. Genion was paying for shows to the point where they would have to sell impossible numbers to get their money back. And it, it got to the point where they all had to shut down. Genion shut down, ADV shut down, Bandai shut down. And that's saying nothing of the smaller companies, or the ones that still technically exist, but not in the same way, like Animego and Media Blasters. Let's talk about the anime industry in 2012. Toonami was not around. Toonami didn't come back until the middle of 2012, after it got forced off of its network. Do you remember, like, Toonami used to be great. It was, it was on every day and there was a couple hours of anime, but then it got like spirited away into the weekend where it turned into the Naruto power hour. You know, Adult Swim pushed all the anime out in favor of its own programming. And so it got to the point where when Dragon Ball Z Kai and Naruto Shippuden came out, they had to go on the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon. And of course, Toonami came back and now it's playing a lot more shows, but that wasn't until May of 2012 and it started off with like dead man wonderland 
uh, Casher and Sins, and a bunch of reruns. Neon Alley. Neon Alley came out in October of 2012. That was before its time. You know, if that came out now, it would probably be a lot more successful. That was a linear 24-7 anime channel that was available for streaming. I think it might have only been on gaming devices. That was probably part of the problem. It also cost too much money. It should have been like 4 or $5 a month. I, I think it was 7 or 12 And that was having dub premieres like Tiger and Bunny... Tiger and Bunny might not have been a dub premiere, but I know that they're, I think it was like they were premiering new episodes of like Naruto and Blue Exorcist and uh, some other shows. Like that was a big deal and it failed because not enough people were watching anime. Netflix, Netflix did not get into the anime game until 2014 with Knights of Sidonia. Obviously they had anime streaming on their platform, but they didn't enter the game in a big way until 2014. Amazon did not enter the anime game until 2016 with Kabinari Iron Fortress, and Space Dandy made simuldubs the norm now. That was in 2014. And so the thing that people are, are seeming to forget about that era is that, yeah, anime was accessible. It was more accessible to us as fans because we just got done with like a decade of, of watching fan subs. And so now like streaming had started to happen, but for the wider population and a mainstream audience, it was still a fairly niche thing. I was still watching fan subs pretty regularly until around 2012, 2013. And even miles who worked at Crunchyroll was talking on Twitter, like guys, like nobody really watched Crunchyroll until around 2012 and was it attack on titan and did it I, I i don't know but it was certainly one of the biggest titles i mean attack, my mom was watching attack on titan and she doesn't watch anime she would call me and tell me about the latest episode <laughs> there's also a point to be made about the expensive dvds like yeah they've gone down in price for people that buy anime but it's still like a normal person isn't is just gonna drop 50 or 60 dollars on a box set of a show they've never heard of it it wasn't until very very recently even like the last four or five years that anime has become practically free to watch you know there's free versions of crunchyroll i think there's free versions of funimation i'm not sure high dive might have a free version you've got tubi which advertises itself as a free service which has tons of anime and you also have things like pluto tv which is a free service that like came with my tv and i could just watch like Yu-Gi-Oh all day if i want it's just a Yu-Gi-Oh machine it's insane and I think they just started a Naruto channel and like they have like Beyblade and shit. To say that anime was accessible in 2012 isn't necessarily a lie. It's just a little misleading. It was more accessible than it had been, but it still had a long way to go. Now it's to the point where everybody's watching anime. I mean, for fuck's sake, Dragon Ball Super, it took three days to make nine million dollars and Demon Slayer did it in one day. I think that's a sign of the changing times. So anyway, this has been the anime... What What is my website? Gonzo.moe? Newsbroom Anime Podcast? What are we doing? Subscribe to the podcast, probably. Listen to it on Spotify. Listen to it on iTunes. Google Play. I know I've said this before, but don't... Like, make sure you subscribe to the one with the good picture. God knows what ends up in that other feed. Uh, what do I got coming up? 
I got the My Hero Academia movies the other day. I haven't. Wa- I tried to watch them, but I fell asleep. It's not a good look. Ninja Cadets. I rented that from Netflix. I also fell asleep watching that. Uh, sometime next week, I have Ghost in the Shell showing up on the 4K. I have not seen Ghost in the Shell since I was 15 years old. And I'll give you one guess as to what I did when I watched Ghost in the Shell back when I was 15. Did you guess that I fell asleep? Seems to be a trend in my life. I don't do that enough. Uh, so... I don't know. (laughs) Is anybody still listening to these nonsense shows? I am not a good source of information. I just pretend to watch anime. It's very inaccessible. Uh, I'm back in 2012. Somebody send me a fan sub in the mail. All right. I'm done. Good night. <laughs>